0: section ten of stories from the operas by gladys davidson this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox dot org donizetti the daughter of the regiment la figlia del reggimento During the occupation of the Swiss Tyrol by the French, the soldiers of the 11th Regiment of the Grand Army of Napoleon had many special opportunities for distinguishing themselves, and, having one day, after a short period of rest, once again received orders to march against the enemy, the news was hailed with joy, and the camp was soon full of the bustle of departure. But this particular day was destined to bring forth much trouble to the 11th Regiment, and to mark an event which caused deep disturbance in their happy camp-life. And all this woe arose from their chance meeting with a party of travellers early in the morning. It happened that a rich lady, the Marchioness of Birkenfeld, was driving through the Tyrol on a return journey to her chateau, and on passing the camp of the 11th regiment, she was filled with dismay when her carriage was suddenly stopped by the soldiers. Her fears, however, were soon set at rest by the sergeant in charge, an elderly man named sulpizio who on learning her name and destination politely declared that no harm was intended her and on being invited to rest awhile in the camp she very gladly alighted from her carriage and retired to the tent indicated as the marchioness retired the soldiers raised a loud shout of welcome at the appearance of a pretty young girl dressed in the garments of a vivandiere whom they all greeted eagerly as their beloved marie the daughter of the regiment And as the maiden tripped merrily amidst the men, Sulpizio sighed deeply, for the unexpected coming of the Marchioness of Birkenfeld now reminded him of a certain duty in connection with this fair child. The story of Marie's life was a strange one. When quite an infant, she had been discovered by Sergeant Sulpizio on the battlefield, and since no one came to lay claim to her, the regiment had unanimously decided that she should be adopted by them and brought up in their camp she was given the name of marie and as the years went on she quickly won the hearts of all by her winning ways so that she was tenderly cherished by her numerous adopted fathers and entitled by them the daughter of the regiment marie had a loving and loyal heart and returned the affection lavished on her with interest and as she grew up to womanhood she determined to repay her friends kindness by serving them in the capacity of a vivandière nor was there ever a merrier or more light-hearted maiden than marie the vivandiere and she was toasted everywhere as the truest comrade the gentlest nurse and the tenderest of comforters in time of woe when marie had been first discovered on the battlefield by sulpizio he found pinned to her clothing a letter evidently written by her father an address to the marchioness of birkenfeld But not having the means of delivering this letter at that time, the sergeant had carefully hidden it away amongst his own possessions. Now, however, as this same marchioness had at last so strangely and unexpectedly come into his life, he felt it to be his duty to give the document into her hands. As this thought began to trouble him, he glanced tenderly towards the pretty Marie, and, noticing that she looked somewhat sad, and remembering that she had appeared less lively of late, he questioned her as to the reason marie who loved sulpizio with the most filial affection soon made a full confession to him and the sergeant was astonished to learn that she had not only fallen in love as he had rather suspected but that the object of her affection was one whom she ought to have regarded as an enemy the girl related that one day quite recently she had been saved from a great danger by a young swiss named tonio to whom she had very quickly lost her heart and that her love was as ardently returned was proved by the fact that this young man had followed the eleventh regiment in all its movements ever since, in spite of the risk he thus ran by haunting the neighborhood of his country's enemies. Even as the fair vivandiere spoke, there came the sound of a commotion, and a party of soldiers dragged into the camp a young man, whom they had just captured and apprehended as a spy, and, to her surprise and joy marie recognized in the prisoner her beloved tonio to the astonishment of all she ran to embrace him and when she had presently related the story of the service he had rendered her a short time ago the men released him and welcomed him as a friend tonio now boldly declared his love for marie and asked her hand in marriage and when the elders of the regiment saw that their beloved daughter's happiness was bound up in this youth they gave their consent declaring, however, that Tonio must join their ranks and serve Napoleon in the future. Tonio willingly agreed to this condition, and thus became a soldier of the Grand Army, but he was not yet destined to enjoy the happiness he thought he had secured. As he entered into sweet converse with his beloved sweetheart, the Marchioness of Birkenfeld came out from the tent where she had been resting and sulpizio unable to stifle the calls of his conscience now entered into conversation with her on the subject of marie and handed to her the letter which he had found pinned to the child's clothing when the marchioness had read this letter she became much agitated and hurrying forward she clasped marie in her arms declaring that the document proved the vivandiere to be her own lost niece and the daughter of her sister who had contracted a secret marriage with a young french captain as the soldiers listened to this declaration with dismay, the Marchioness next calmly announced that Marie must now return with her to her chateau, that she might be properly educated to fill the high position of her birth. And though the poor girl, horrified at the thought of leaving her beloved friends, entreated to be left with them, declaring that she had no desire to be a fine lady, her new relation was adamant in her resolve to remove her niece from such surroundings. The elders of the Eleventh Regiment were also compelled to admit that they had no right to keep the weeping girl from her own family, and, though they were heartbroken at being thus compelled to part with their darling, they gently persuaded her that she must leave them. The Marchioness, afraid that further opposition might arise with delay, declared it was necessary for her to continue her journey at once, and that she must certainly take her niece with her and at last marie on the advice of her friends agreed to go so the weeping vivandiere took a tender farewell of her lifelong friends and kissed them all for the last time when she came to tonio she embraced him passionately declaring that in spite of her altered position she should always remain faithful to him and as the sorrowful young man watched his sweetheart drive away with her aristocratic relation he vowed that he would do great deeds and win for himself such an honorable name and position that he might be worthy to claim her yet. On reaching the Chateau Birkenfeld, the Marchioness engaged masters and teachers to instruct her niece in dancing, music, foreign languages, and all the accomplishments she considered necessary for the education of a young lady of high rank. And Marie, though finding such a life very cramping and irksome after the unrestrained freedom of the camp, endeavoured to please her aunt to the best of her ability but the girl's heart was with her military friends and every now and again she would break out into enthusiastic reminiscences of her childhood and indulge in snatches of the merry regimental songs to the horrified dismay of the decorous marchioness who was much shocked at such unladylike proceedings at the end of a year marie was declared by her masters to be vastly improved in her social demeanour and the marchioness eager to establish her niece more firmly in her aristocratic circle now arranged a marriage for her with the son of a duchess however marie could not forget her soldier sweetheart tonio whom she still loved as dearly as ever but in spite of her declarations that she could never wed with another the marchioness still continued her negotiations with the ducal suitor and even arranged the day on which the marriage contract was to be signed It was about this time that Sergeant Sulpizio was wounded in an engagement not many miles distant from the Chateau Birkenfeld, and was sent to the Marchioness to crave her hospitality for a while, until he should be better. The Marchioness received the sergeant with much kindness, bestowing the utmost attention upon him, and when he had recovered somewhat from his wounds, she even permitted him free intercourse with Marie, and told him of her plans with regard to the grand marriage he had arranged for her. Sulpizio at first could scarcely recognize the merry little daughter of the regiment in the richly gowned and elegant young lady whom he was now bidden by his hostess to admire but when marie forgetful of her recent lessons in deportment rushed enthusiastically into his arms and hugged him with the most unmistakable joy he knew that her faithful heart had not changed amidst her new surroundings the marchioness was eager to show off her niece's accomplishments to the sergeant and desired her to sing to him a sentimental french ballad she had just received from paris but she was greatly scandalized when marie halfway through the ballad suddenly broke out into the old rollicking song she had always loved so well and roguishly went through a number of military evolutions as accompaniment but though marie was cheered for a while by the arrival of the sergeant she soon grew unhappy again for she could not prevent her aunt from carrying out the scheme of the grand marriage. At last the day arrived upon which the marriage contract was to be signed, and Marie went out into the grounds of the chateau early in the morning with despair in her heart, feeling that she would certainly be forced to carry out her aunt's wish. However, as she stood there with the sympathetic Sulpizio, she suddenly heard the sound of distant drums and fifes, and as the merry Rataplan drew nearer, she recognized with joy that it was the marching tune of her brave soldier friends it was indeed the eleventh regiment on their way from the war and as they had to pass the chateau birkenfeld they made a halt there in order to greet their adopted daughter marie was delighted at this happy meeting with her old comrades but her crowning joy was the moment when she was clasped in the strong arms of her beloved tonio who was now the commanding officer of the regiment having been thus rapidly promoted for his gallantry on the battlefield tonio soon boldly announced that his military rank now rendered him a fit suitor for marie and he at once asked her hand in marriage of the marchioness a request in which he was loyally supported by the whole regiment who were eager that their darling should wed the man she loved and not be forced into a marriage she detested But the marchioness haughtily refused to give her consent, being bent upon her niece wedding into an aristocratic family, and since the notary had already arrived, although the prospective bridegroom had been detained at court, she declared that Marie must sign the marriage contract without further delay. On hearing this cruel resolve, Tonio stoutly declared that, contract or no contract, he should certainly carry off his sweetheart by force. And then the Marchioness, in order to avoid such a scandal, revealed to Marie that she was not merely her niece, but actually her own daughter, the child of a marriage she had contracted with a poor Savoyard captain, at whose death she had concealed the whole affair, lest the knowledge of such a mesalliance should injure her in the good graces of her aristocratic relatives. She therefore now claimed parental authority over her daughter, and Marie feeling that she could not refuse to obey her own mother, consented to sign the marriage contract, declaring, however, that it would break her heart to part from her beloved Tonio. The gentle submission of the despairing girl, however, at last overcame the hard resolve of her mother, and the sight of Marie's deep affection for her humbly-born lover brought back to the proud Marchioness the remembrance of happy days when she herself had loved. With tear-dimmed eyes and softened heart, she now called the lovers to her side, and placing Marie's hand in that of Tonio, she gave her consent to their union. The contract with the son of the Duchess was thus promptly broken off, and whilst Marie and her lover rejoiced together, the delighted soldiers raised mighty cheers for the happiness of their beloved daughter of the regiment. End of section 10.